Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Attention HR professionals. It's time for employee performance evaluations. And www.chairlift.io wants to help. Join us for a free webinar on December 6th at 1 p.m. Central. You'll find out best practices designed to improve your entire performance review process. Invite your network and sign up on our homepage at www.chairlift.io. That's www.chairlift.io. See you on December 6th at 1 p.m. Central. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Coach Radio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jan Jaffe, and I'm your host. Today, we're discussing toxic relationships, and I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by my brilliant co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez. Today's show is entitled, How to Recognize and Navigate Toxic Relationships. Welcome to Think Tank. I'm just going to take a moment to introduce myself. As I mentioned, my name is Jan Jaffe, and I'm a graduate of Northwestern University, from which I hold both my bachelor's and master's degrees. I'm also an IPEC certified professional coach, energy leadership index master practitioner, and a core dynamics specialist. I had a successful international career as a concert and opera singer and voice and master class teacher. Both of these were cut short by traumatic brain injuries. These TBIs, as they're called, altered my life. I lost language for six weeks and was thrilled after four months when I was finally able to walk with the aid of a walker. My recovery took many, many years and was extremely difficult. But as a result, I've come to discover many things about myself and life. Namely, what it is to lose oneself, definition, career, and purpose in life and feel totally lost. That there is great strength in vulnerability. That there can be great opportunity and challenge. Strengths I had never known I had the true meaning of resiliency, and that I'm very good at picking myself up, dusting myself off, and hurling myself forward. I don't mean to make it sound as though it was an easy or straightforward process. It most certainly was not. No, it was a choice I made of either allowing loss to define me or finding meaning in the process, the journey that allowed me to find the opportunity in my experience and apply it to my now-altered life. With Forward to Success, I'm dedicated to helping professionals and performing artists, especially opera singers, realize and manifest their highest potential in every aspect of their lives and careers. You can contact me at info at forward to success. 
com. In this episode of Think Tank, we're discussing toxic relationships. What are they? How do we recognize them? And how do we navigate those toxic waters with integrity and without becoming destroyed emotionally and psychologically? We plan to answer those questions and more on our show today. And now I would really be honored to introduce my co-host to you, Sharissa Sebastian. Please tell our listening audience a little about yourself. Sure. Thank you so much, Jan, again, for having me on the show. Um, I am Sharissa Sebastian, and I'm a life and leadership coach for women, a speaker and writer, and also the co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreats. My passion is helping women break free from being stuck, overwhelmed, and stressed to live a life of passion, purpose, joy, and fulfillment. And Thank I think you. Find out more oh, about I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Go sorry. on. I'm sorry. And I'll just share my website really quickly. So it's um, com. Thanks, Jen. Oh, thank you. And again, I'm so sorry for jumping on that. Uh, and so, I'm so delighted to have you here, as always. And um, now, Susan Gonzalez, please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Susan Gonzalez, and I am a professional coach. I'm also an author and a public speaker. And I help people discover what they want truly want out of life and how to get out of their own way to get it so that they can succeed at work and win at life. And so I call myself a success coach. Um, I help people achieve whatever kind of success they would like to have in their life. You can find more about me on my website, makeityourmark.com. Thank you so much, Susan. Again, it's such a delight to have the both of you here. I so enjoy working with you. And now I'd like to invite our listeners to call in with any questions or comments. We welcome your participation in the discussion. And the number here is 646-716-9397. Again, that is 646-716-9397. You know, there's so much great information out there about relationships, whether romantic, platonic, familial, or business relationships, and more often than not, there's a caveat that states that, of course, the information doesn't apply if the other person is toxic. There is generally not much information about just what toxicity is, however, how to define it, and how to recognize it. So there's a lot of questions. You know, we get all this information, and then... Yeah, but, you know, that's just, you know, unless the person is toxic, this applies. And that's basically it. So the majority of us certainly don't enter knowingly into relationships with a toxic individual. And often the changes that occur can be subtle and insidious and kind of creep up on us. And we really don't know what's going on. We just feel that something is different within ourselves. So the individual affected by the toxic party can, over time, actually find themselves almost unrecognizable with shattered self-esteem and self-worth, with no clear understanding of what has happened. And depending upon the family in which we grew up, some of these patterns may actually feel familiar, preventing us from recognizing what is going on you know, if there was toxicity in, in, in our upbringing or in some of our early relationships or in our own nuclear family. So to start off, 
Let's begin our discussion today defining toxicity, how to recognize it, some of the telltale signs, and the different ways in which it can manifest. So, okay, let's start with you, Sharissa. Um, what are some of the, the, the ways that we can um, define and recognize toxicity? Well, Jen, one of the things that um, that I've noticed uh, over a period of time is, is, like you were saying, there's so much focus on, um, or there's much more focus around the area of toxicity in maybe um, intimate relationships or romantic relationships. Um, but a lot of what we're probably going to be talking about today is going to also apply to, um, I don't want to, you know, I don't like to label people, but people who exhibit toxic behavior as well. So that's something that I just wanted to, you know, kind of throw out there um, at the beginning because a lot of what, um, I'd like to share, also not only does it apply to a toxic, uh, like an intimate or romantic relationship, but it can also apply to other people in our lives who may exhibit this toxic behavior, and, it, and hopefully it will help um, people to identify some of this and also how, to, how do you deal with it in, that, in those situations. So to go back to your question, Jan, about the, the definition, there's several definitions and several different ways to look at what a toxic relationship is. Um, one of them that kind of resonated with me and I think makes sense is is that it's a relationship that's characterized by behavior on the part of the the toxic person um, that are emotionally and damaging and can also be physically damaging to the other person. So that can be you know a romantic relationship or not. Um, and then also a toxic relationship is often not easy to spot, especially if you're in a toxic relationship. And like you were saying earlier, there's so much that comes into play as far as our past goes what we've seen as we've grown up in terms of what a relationship should be and our beliefs and all of those kind of things. So with all of that, it's sometimes very difficult for us to recognize when we're in um, a toxic relationship. So hopefully as we get into this discussion, it will make it a lot easier for our listeners to, to identify what is it and how do you recognize it. But I just want to go through some points really quick on how we can recognize um, a toxic relationship. And it may even be for a toxic relationship of a loved one. Maybe we notice this in um, somebody else who's close to us in their relationship, and it may be that, um, you know, this will help with that as well. So one thing is, especially in a romantic relationship, when the other person keeps a scorecard. So they keep, uh, you know, they keep contact every time that you've ever hurt them in the past, anything that you've ever done wrong, um, and this brings up a lot of guilt and bitterness from the past and obviously doesn't really help to deal with the, a particular, the particular situation at hand and doesn't really help to move forward. So that's one little, you know, one way to recognize it. If that's consistent behavior, then, you know, the, you may be in a toxic relationship. Um, the second thing is that if the person is constantly dropping hints, but in, in terms of like a passive-aggressive behavior rather than being straightforward and communicating um, openly. And then there's emotional blackmail, which is, you know, which is just... Um, terrible, and this is where, for example, if a, if a person is constantly threatening to leave um, and just um, you know just doesn't seem to be happy or open to uh, being in that committed relationship um, with you, and then just two other points. Um, one thing is when the other person blames you for their emotion. So, for example, if they say it's your fault that I'm always miserable and you make me so unhappy and you make me depressed and all of these things. So they're always shifting the blame and making you um, feel bad and just not feeling good about yourself or the relationship. And then the last thing is that instead of dealing, and this is, this is interesting, and I've, I've seen this play out, um, instead of dealing with the real issue and kind of talking it out and committing to work on that relationship and move forward, um, what sometimes happens is the other person will 
do something nice for you or buy you a gift or maybe suggest that you go on a trip or do something like that to kind of sweep it under the rug and and like pretend like you know everything's okay and we'll just move on from this rather than dealing with it. So just some quick ways to maybe recognize um, some of this toxic behavior. Oh, that's excellent. Um, thank you. I love what you what you brought up here, and you made you know some some really great comments on on the telltale signs. Um, keeping the scorecard, as you said, the passive-aggressive hinting behavior, the emotional blackmail, basically th- or threatening to leave, um, which can really be a very powerful tool in in this sort of toxic behavior, blaming someone else for emotion, which is kind of, or sometimes in addition to that, would be projecting someone's own motivations and feelings onto their partner, and the partner may have no clue of ever having had an intention like that or a motivation. And as you said, sweeping something under the rug with behavior, it can also apply to um, refusing to discuss something. Um, So those are are also um, great indicators, as well as when being around somebody and you feel you may be in a great mood or ready for everything to be wonderful and always feel that you're being pulled into a fight that you had no, you know, you don't know where this is coming from, you don't want to be pulled into a conflict or always having your feeling your energy is drained, you're around somebody and, you know, you, you feel yourself getting lower and lower and lower and the situation is just, I hate to use the word toxic, but um, to say that you're feeling like you always have to be careful about what you say. People refer to walking on eggshells, but basically you have to really be careful. You realize you have to constantly watch your words because um, you, you might feel that you're, something is being jumped on. Uh, so those were great points that you brought up. Thank you so much, Sharissa. Susan, what about you? I know we've covered a lot here, and there's all kinds of, you know, other um, types of relationships, including sometimes there can be just two people and who are not toxic themselves, but the combination of the two can create toxicity. So I was just curious, what you know, what do you have to add to all of this? Because there's so many other sorts of relationships as well. You know, there really is. And when I think of toxicity, it's there's so many different levels of it. But the big picture that comes up for me is it's like poison. You know, it's something that is going to affect you in such a way that it's very harmful. But it can be really insidious. You may not even recognize it at first. And I think sometimes that's what happens and how people can lose themselves is when they have really good intention towards a situation or a person and without even realizing it they're slowly and slowly changing and it's sort of like being poisoned or it's tearing away from that person and you can do it to yourself you can have a toxic relationship with yourself you can have a combination of two people getting together like you were saying Jan and sometimes it's just that easy way to tell is when you leave do you feel better or worse than when you got there. When you're around that person, do they build you up or do they tear you down? Is the interaction um, something that's going to grow and cause greater good, or does it cause doubt, paranoia? Do you stay awake at night thinking of the things they said to you because they were hurtful and you couldn't believe it, or they make you doubt yourself? And 
Um, so when you think about a relationship and the love you would have and the trust you would have and the respect you would have, toxicity is like the opposite of that for me. It's um, and sometimes hard to, to recognize. But if you leave feeling worse or you want to avoid that person because, you know, there's those people that <clears throat> I call them the Debbie Downers, like from Saturday <laughs> Night Live. Oh, my gosh, they have nothing positive to say every time. And you sit there, and after a couple of minutes, you're drained, already drained. Um, that's a kind of a toxic pull. And it's always about them. It's not really about you. However, someone that doesn't love themselves, someone that has a really toxic relationship with themselves, they will play the blame game, Um because it's very hard to blame themselves. They do it, but they don't want to own it. And it's a lot easier to displace the blame and put it on someone else. And they do that with some of those passive-aggressive behaviors that um, we talked about. They may not even be totally aware that they're placing it on someone else. Um, But that's what happens. So if you think, I'm losing myself, I don't do the things I used to love doing, um... I'm not as happy as I used to be. Those are good indicators to just sort of stop. They're your telltale signs. Hey, do a little toxicity check-in. What's mm. happening? What's going on? And um, and who have you been with? And what things have you been doing that could be causing that kind of uh, poison to seep in? And it's just something that's taking you away from being who you truly are and and again, it's not a building up, it's a tearing down. So if you think about it, you can be your environment can accidentally poison you in different ways that you can have toxic environment and not even know. So it's just again, it always comes back to that same thing, right? Raise your awareness of who you're with and and um, what's going on. That's excellent. Excellent information. Wow. Um and I just there are some things I'd like to, you know, I don't know that I'm going to, you know, summarize everything that you've said because you said it so beautifully and so clearly. Um, and I, but I did love when you talked about the toxicity check-in, and you know, I will. The, and it was, I, I loved what you said. It was so brilliant about that. Sometimes, you know, it's people who don't love themselves, but they may not really, um, uh, they may not really be aware of it, and so they don't want to own their own. Um, you know what what's going on with them, and so they blame the other person, uh, whether it's in a, a family relationship or um, a romantic relationship. Um, and so, I have a couple of questions about this because very often in this sort of relationship that goes on, um, there will be one partner who can be more toxic. If, if we're talking about a relation, uh, you know, where we have one partner who is more toxic, and we we will very often have the other partner who is um, who does not does not have problem taking blame or blaming themselves for something that's going on, and is trying very hard to understand the other one and to and to do some self-examination. Well, what am I responsible for? And, you know, did it, oh, is there something that I'm doing that is causing this other person to be angry at me or to be blaming me or, you know, and as, as this 
the I don't like to use the word victim, but that might be the best way to make it clear in this situation. As the victim of this toxicity or the receiver of this toxicity is, um, you know, insidiously, very slowly and not being aware that their own self-esteem and self-confidence is being slowly chipped away at, they're looking to they're looking they're they're forgiving their their partner trying to understand um this partner that they love who is in very diligently and sort of um under the radar attacking them um and so you know how do what does someone do when they're finding themselves as you said they're losing themselves they're kind of being erased they're not they're no longer doing the things that used to not necessarily define them but give them joy the things that they enjoyed doing how do they get from this place of compassion and empathy and understanding their partner and then blaming themselves because they're all too eager to blame themselves because this is often what happens in these situations, how does this person then get themselves back or get to the place where, you know, their energy has just not been drained out of them? You know, how do you know, they Janet, put the pieces back together? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry to mean to catch up. Such a great uh, question. And I think that's something that everybody at some point or time in their life has gone through. But when you were talking, there is that part of... <clears throat> We tend to rationalize things away. If you're rationalizing it away and rationalizing it away and rationalizing it away, that's how you can easily step into the path of telling the other person that you are less than and you are not worthy. And from that, the behavior can can really um, snowball and you take it on. And it's that kindness factor you know we love someone Mm -hmm. so we want to give them the benefit of the doubt we understand they may have a lot of stress or they may not have had the same upbringing we had and things like that but there's a tipping point and i think what happens is um people are so into the doing that they stop and they don't say okay that's all true but that still doesn't mean i have to own the bad behavior of this other person or I have to own their discomfort or I have to own the problems that they have and their inability to deal with their problems. It sounds kind of hard, but it's so important to take on because you're not helping. I think one of the best things to to realize, and, and, um, you know, it was one of the greatest gifts I got when I was learning to be a coach, which was don't get in the box with your client. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you stay out of the box when it's someone you love? You know, I'm in the box. I'm in this relationship box with them right now, except for that part. Each person is an individual, and the strength Mm -hmm. of it is by the strength of each individual. If you take on their problems, if you over-rationalize or over-explain, and you can end up enabling bad behavior instead of empowering strength and confidence. So the person that might have a, a... may not love themselves as much, may have had experiences where they don't trust people, um, that you can give them the opportunity to grow that. But there's also that little part in there where you have to take care of yourself. So you have to figure out 
And that's where you have to stop and say, how many times did I rationalize this already? What's the pattern of behavior here? Boy, you just keep doing it. So it's like the 12-step program. First, you have to admit you have a problem. Okay, well, you're an alcoholic. Now, what do you want to do about it? Because I can't fix it for you. You know, same kind of thing with that blame game. And I'm, um, I think if um, we could all just step back a little bit and take time to reflect on the relationship. And here's, you know, Jack Canfield has this great thing that he says. He says, you take 100% responsibility for you. So if you find yourself losing yourself in a relationship, you're the one that excused the bad behavior. You're the one that gave the message that you're less than. You're the one. Now don't blame yourself for it. Acknowledge that you did it and change it. Mm. So don't rationalize yourself out of it either. Take Step into it. And sometimes the hard part of not doing that, the reason why people don't, I find, is that it's very scary to be out on your own. And the known sometimes is less painful than the fear of the unknown. Or I was mm-hmm. coaching uh, this wonderful, beautiful um, young person, and they were telling me how unhappy they were in these things. And basically it came down to this, well, this was the first person that ever really paid that kind of attention to me that gave me that kind of focus. And so that was the draw. But it's not the same anymore. It's like, okay, well, that's the draw, but it, there was no substance to it. Now what do you do? Absolutely. And one of the things, I mean, you you made some incredible points there about, um, um, you know, acknowledging instead of blaming ourselves for, oh, my God, it's my fault, it's my fault, you know, acknowledging it and then taking action to step out of it. One of the... Um, in one of the points you just made was that it was painful to you know some of the sometimes um people don't leave because they it's painful to be out on their own but um to add to that it's i think it's so much more than that if you if someone has been in a relationship like this it can be painful to be out on your own when you feel when you you're you're devoid of self esteem which you may have had right. before, but you've bought into what, and again, this is the insidious nature of this type of abuse. Um, it's not been obvious, and so that you, and you're constantly being told in a situation like this, it's all your fault, it's all you, it's all you, and it may not have been that kind of, even that blatant, but you begin to believe it. You have bought into it, and so to be out on your own when um when you feel that you are such a damaged and toxic individual yourself because this is what you have been taught um there is something called gaslighting which um the term comes from that 1940s um film oh my gosh what was his name a uh, hitchcock it was a fabulous film with ingrid bergman and it was just about that sort of psychological and emotional abuse which is so insidious where she starts out as this beautiful beautiful individual in every way she has so much to offer she's very vivacious she's lovely and um this man who comes into her life so charming and really ended up he he murdered her mother for some jewels 
and um, he slowly but surely works on her and convinces her that she is losing her mind and she becomes this timid, uh, completely different individual. She's totally destroyed. And he wants to basically, he's totally controlling her, and that's called gaslighting. And it has even, that term is used in, in modern psychology when that sort of abuse occurs. So when this kind of thing happens, people may not just be able to just go out and leave on their own because they feel that they can't even trust themselves. So it's 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 very insidious, and I guess um, we we will get to that. Um, I think one of the the things so that you know to to talk about to avoid <laughs> another way to avoid getting to that place is um, how to deal with with toxic people in our lives before we get to that point. So, for example, can we create and set boundaries? And how, do we, how would we do that? How do we protect our own self-esteem and our self-worth? You know, what if we find that we've fallen victim to comforting ourselves through behaviors like stress eating, stress drinking even, and, you know, or certain types of behaviors? And we've all heard the statement, you can choose your friends but not your family. <laughs> <It's> Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? With Thanksgiving tomorrow, some of us may be dealing with just the same exact scenario. So how do we decide not to enable a toxic person without alienating them? Because, you know, we may have grown up with such a person in our lives. It doesn't have to be um, a, a romantic relationship that we choose. However, this very this very scenario itself of having either a toxic parent, a narcissistic type of parent, um, or or even a sibling, um, this can very often determine how we feel about ourselves and even play itself out later on in our lives, either in romantic relationships, you know, putting up with behavior that feels familiar. And we don't really understand why. We just say, oh, this feels, feels familiar. This must be right. Um, you know, this must be my partner because it, it just feels comfortable. You know, comfortable can really indicate terrible discomfort, but we may <laughs> not even really, right? We may not consciously recognize this, so it may play out into later behaviors and how we respond or react to how we're treated rather than saying, no, 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 this is not right. So, you know, I, it, it, can, it can really play itself out into business and, um, and romantic behaviors and even what we put up with, with friends. So um, I know, so this is basically about how to navigate relationships and protect ourselves and our psyches while keeping integrity and not losing ourselves or feeling erased and living in alignment with our own values. So I know there's a lot of questions here. So, um, Susan, would you like to answer this first? Sure. <laughs> I think that um, <laughs> those are some great points, too. And um, I do want to say this, Jan. It is the different levels of toxicity that we deal with. And so there are some situations where the toxic behavior it's beyond just a little, here's a strategy, right, like you were describing mm -hmm. before. There are those times where um, if you're listening to yourself, you will hear the real message you need to hear. 
Um, and then it's seeking the help outside of yourself so that you can take care of yourself. And uh, I want people to do remember that because you're not in it all by yourself. If you're in a, a, a really toxic relationship and you feel completely trapped, there's some things you can do to help yourself. But um, just with, you know, Thanksgiving in mind, and uh, we were joking about this before when we said, we're going to be talking <laughs> turkey and toxicity. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so, you know, you could have, there are, you, you could have friends that you just love dearly, but oh my goodness, after a little time with them, um, you know, it's hard to take, but you've known them for so long. And deep down inside, you know they have really good intentions. So you want to love them, you want to be with them, but you don't want to excuse the behavior, and you also don't want to take it on. Family members, oh, because everybody has their issues, but, I, you know, we've all seen the movies. Um, I have some of my own personal experience with this. But we all have someone, um, you know, they just come in and they just throw a wet blanket on everything, but it's it's – it can be hurtful. So one of the first things to do is that for me and then what I've learned from other people is I really believe that each person has the right to be who they are because I want people to accept me the way I am. That doesn't mean that I don't want to grow and develop. And it also doesn't mean that I excuse the behavior or I accept the behavior. But it does mean that they have the right to be who they are. So in a family relationship where you may not want to cut the relation and you may want to stay connected, then you have to determine, so where are my boundaries and what are my non-negotiables? And there is a certain responsibility that comes to that then because to take care of yourself and to not take it on, you have to be responsible for not contributing to it as well. And I think, Jan, that's where it ties back into that piece where you said, well, it's it's comfort because it's just the way it's always been done. So it's raising the awareness there that just because this is the way it's always been done doesn't mean it's okay. Here's an here's an example of what I mean. Um, when someone is is saying ugly things, you know, and they're being toxic, and and um, it's at someone else's expense, not just sitting quietly by and not just chuckling mm. with it, but actually setting some boundaries and figuring out how you want to handle that and what you want to say without starting a big Thanksgiving fiasco. Because um, sometimes people who are toxic don't take um, comments towards it very well. So you have, mm-hmm. to, you have to figure out what you're going to do. But instead of going along with it inadvertently, really take a stand and say, look, I, I want this person to be who they are. I love them. They must be going through a hard time. But it's not okay to treat people this way. It's not okay to show up this way. So what can I do to be true to myself and still show this person that I love them but that I'm not I'm, I'm not okay with the behavior? And I think that's a fine dance um, that you have to mm-hmm. take on. I think Sharissa Char- probably has some really good suggestions for us <laughs> on, on what to do with that. But I will tell you, I will jokingly tell everybody else <laughs> And if you are, if they leave and you go to the cookie jar, or you're having your third martini after five minutes with them, that is a sign that this could be a toxic person around you. (laughs) You might want to take stock of that. (laughs) 
That's okay. That's a, that's take notes, everybody. That's you know one of your signs to look out for: <laughs> running to the cookie jar or having yet another drink after five minutes. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, um, Sharissa, do you have any? <laughs> you have anything to add to this? I'm sure you do. Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. There's so much that I want to kind of highlight and um, comment about that. You know what you and Susan had mentioned. Just so many great. Points. But one thing I did love about what you said, Susan, is that toxicity check-in that you mentioned. I love mm-hmm. that because it's it's so applicable to any kind of situation. Even going into Thanksgiving tomorrow, you know, sitting there and thinking, okay, so is this really toxic behavior, or is you know, am I just maybe super sensitive um, to a certain person? When they, is it a trigger for me? Maybe you know, it could be one of those mm-hmm. things too. Like sometimes you have those triggers where somebody can say something or bring up a certain topic. And it just hits us, and it's all you know. All of a sudden, it's like uh, we get very defensive. So we can sit there and kind of question that and say, okay, you know, is it do that chicken? You know, say what, what's going on here. And of course, if the person does exhibit that behavior consistently, um, then maybe it is a person who is just more, you know, more prone to that toxic uh, behavior. Um, another thing you can do is, especially if it's <clears throat> excuse me, like a family situation, or maybe you know a coworker or something like that. Um, if you feel comfortable and if you have, um, you know, somebody else who you can kind of bounce this off of, that sometimes helps as well. Like if you can go check in with somebody else and say, and obviously it has to be somebody that you trust and you don't want to gossip or, you know, talk bad about anybody else, but just kind of check in and say, you know, is something quite, not quite right here or is it, just, is it just me? Maybe, you know, I'm just um, overthinking this or whatever it is. And then, of course, um, if you do, especially in a romantic relationship, you may want to actually seek um, outside counsel from a professional and say, you know, I just want to check in. It doesn't hurt to to do that. It doesn't mean that you're you're saying that, oh, yeah, I'm in a toxic relationship and I need help. You may just need to reach out to someone to get some feedback from an outside perspective to, you know, to kind of do a, a check. So that's not necessarily admitting that you're trapped in this toxic relationship, but just to kind of get um, some other perspective um, on that. And I think the other big thing also with regard to, you know, how do you how do you deal with it is to realize that it's not your responsibility to fix it. And um, it, sometimes we get into this, this pattern, and especially people that are more inclined to be fixers, like going in and they just want to fix the problem, and I'm one of these people, <laughs> so I can't <can't laughs> have to work. Um, but, yeah, because sometimes you get into this mindset of, yeah, I know this is, you know, an, an issue for this person, or I, I know that they're, they tend to go into this kind of behavior pattern. What can I do to fix it? You know, what can I – and that causes so much stress on its own, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you take on – that burden and try to figure you know figure it out and that a lot of times it just it doesn't work because that person if they're that deeply hurt internally like we were saying you know they have issues with themselves or whatever it is they might not be in a position where they're open to getting you know what they perceive as like you reaching out to help them or fix them um so often that's going to end up being more of a, a conflict kind of situation um but one way you can handle that is if it is a relationship that's important to you, like maybe even a family member, uh, maybe a parent or an aunt and uncle or something like that. And this is like consistent where you feel like you're constantly um, being maybe even attacked or, you know, just hurt by them. Then you may want to just talk, you know, I know this is so hard to have the courage to sit down and actually just talk to the person, but not tell them, not pinpoint um, and say things like, you know, you're, you're really hurtful and you always say hurtful things or anything like that, but tell them how it makes you feel. 
Um, and that, that in itself is really tough. But if the relationship is important to you, then that's something that I highly recommend. So don't focus on what it is that you think they're doing wrong, but focus more on how that behavior makes you feel. And a lot of times, as much as we don't like to admit this, but sometimes they might not even realize it. I mean, they may be so entrenched in their toxic behavior that they don't even see that there's anything wrong with it. They might even think that they're helping you by saying, <laughs> you know, by putting you down and telling you what's wrong <laughs> instantly. Mm. So sometimes having that, that conversation and coming at it from a space of being open and vulnerable can really break down those, um, those barriers, and it can help to strengthen that relationship if, Again, if it's a relationship that's um, important to you and if you want to, you know, foster that um, relationship. So, um, and another thing is if, if that doesn't work, if for whatever reason the person is still, you know, gets really angry about it or, you know, says that mm-hmm. you're just misunderstanding, then it may be time to think about setting those boundaries, like Susan mentioned, and saying, okay, what do I, you know, what do I need to really do in this situation? Because um, you don't want to constantly put yourself in that situation either because that's not going to be good you and it can really really um, have a big impact on our self-esteem and things like that so one of the things i always think about is um jim a quote from jim Rohn, and he said that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most amount of time with and mm. so i've been and i've tried to be very intentional about this uh, myself and thinking about that like you know if i choose to be in a relationship or spend a lot of time with people i may deeply love them and care for them but if they're constantly you know, exhibiting this toxic, toxic behavior, and if nothing has, you know, it doesn't seem to get any better, and I just, I don't know what else to do, you may, you may really want to think about stepping back and setting some boundaries. You can still love them, you know, you can still do things that are caring and loving towards them, but that doesn't mean that you constantly put yourself in that position where you just don't feel good about yourself. Um, like you, I think you both said this earlier. We, I love what you said. I think I'm not sure if it's you or Jan, um, Susan, but you had mentioned things like, you know, when you feel drained when you're on them, when you're mm-hmm. walking on eggshells, when you have like this just negative energy that's going around. All of those things are your signs to say, wait a second, I need to be aware in this moment and I need to recognize these things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so key. That's so key what you just said. Um, I was thinking of something, too, in organizations as well, you know, some of the places you work, (laughs) that they um, we're so unaware of it happening that sometimes we sanction the behavior without even realizing it. Um, Mm. So here's an example of that. um, I've I've worked in many schools. You know, I was a campus administrator. I remember my first year of teaching, sitting in the principal's office on my my interview and, you know, them giving me the tips for a successful career. And the, one of the things they said was, stay out of the teacher's lounge. Oh, it's really bad. You'll pick up bad habits. It's a negative place. So stay out of there. And at the time, I thought, oh, thanks for the warning. Then as I grew and, and as I became an administrator myself, I thought, wait a minute, this is so wrong. We are actually telling our new teachers guess what? We have a toxic area on our campus. We've designated it. Everyone knows about it. And I'm warning you not to go there. But I've approved it because it's still happening without even realizing it. Mm. And so I I tie that into some of these things, too, with what you were saying, the walking on eggshells and that. Sometimes we don't even realize that we sanctioned it. Oh, 
here we go. It's going to be toxicity time. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, really? Does it have to be? <laughs> and that is so coming back to that place of of figuring that out as well. Well, that no, that's a brilliant insight. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, I just need to um, bring in here uh, our wonderful sponsor, Audible. Dot com. We are proud to have Audible.com as our sponsor here on the Life Coach Radio Networks. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products, which include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audiobook with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Now here are some great Audible books on toxic relationships. The Sociopath Next Door, which, by the way, is a, was a, a bestseller, a New York Times bestseller, and um, it also is, is very entertaining. So um, I personally recommend it. It's, it's a fun read as well as a very educational read. It's written by Martha Stout, The Sociopath Next Door. Psychopath Free, Expanded Edition, Recovering from Emotionally Abusive Relationships with Narcissists, Sociopaths, and Other Toxic People. People, written by Jackson McKenzie, Toxic Parents, Overcoming Their Hurtful Legacy and Reclaiming Your Life, written by Craig Buck and Susan Forward, and Workplace Anxiety, How to Deal with Stress, Conflict, Toxic Coworkers and Bosses, and Fear of Losing Your Job, written by Norm Brodsky and Bo Burlingham. So don't forget to sign up for your one-month free trial and to get your free audiobook today, uh, sign up on at uh, audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now back to our show. So uh, I just wanted to bring up a couple of things that the both of you have had said and um Susan, you you talked about the right, you know, the you know people have the right to be who, who they are, uh, yet we don't uh, uh, we don't need to excuse or accept their behavior, and that we um, it's really key not to contribute to that behavior, but also not accepting um, their behavior. It really is key to how we deal and function in those situations. Um, and, you know, without going into it further, we would need a lot more time about just the different ways of setting boundaries. And, of course, it all depends on the situation, um, whether it's something we can walk away from, uh, because often when we try to state boundaries, in no matter how we do it, sometimes the other person refuses to accept any of that. Um, so, you know, the questions are, and again, also going into some of, some of the things, Sharissa, that you said, you know, where do we draw the line? And that's a really important um, thing to think about because, again, there are situations where we can walk away from. There are situations we have to navigate, and, um, uh, and there are situations, you know, like with families, 
and sometimes that we you know sometimes we have to deal with these um so that and also another way i think to to be able to recognize when something is toxic when we really are so deeply entrenched in it is by the behavior of the other person is is that person one person when they're alone with us and another person when they're dealing with other people. So if we're finding constantly that when they're alone with us, they behave a lot differently, you know, suddenly we're feeling drained. We're feeling very badly about ourselves. But then when they're out with, you know, when there are other people are around, it's a different person. That is also a very important sign for us to pay attention to. And also um, another thing that's, uh, important is to recognize um, habitual behavior versus whether someone will actually listen or whether we're listening to what's going on and what's being said. So these are a lot of things that a lot of tools and a lot of um, just signs that we can pay attention to. So um, anyway, that's that's all I had to say about that. Um, so. Again, I don't know if if we really have time for this. I just wanted to know if we had any other ideas about how we can put the pieces back together of our damaged selves after being in these types of relationships. We've already mentioned a number of things, and I was just wondering if anybody has any last ideas on this. You know, Jan, if it's a if you've been in a long-term toxic relationship, and um and you've and you've recognized it and you're starting to come out of it and so you've taken those steps just a friendly reminder that it didn't happen overnight so you give yourself time and be kind and loving to yourself um because i think sometimes uh, the general tendency is to question oh, how did i let it get to this point and and all of those things and the answer to that is cuz you did and it's just what happened. But it doesn't have to stay that way, and you can get help. But give yourself time. It, you may not um, change all the feelings and all the the habits that have come along, you know, overnight. And that's okay. Absolutely. Another way, too, is sometimes getting in touch with old friends um, because isolation is often so much a part of being in a toxic relationship. We forget who we are. So sometimes getting in touch with old friends can help us remember the person that we've lost. So, you know, hopefully it never gets to that point that we're that lost, but it's one of the ways in addition that we can help ourselves heal and, you know, and also of course reaching out for either therapy if we feel we need that or working with a coach so that we can get back into, you know, steps of awareness and self-acceptance and building confidence and and trusting ourselves again. Um so thank you for that Susan. Sharissa, any last ideas on this um on how how we can heal and and refine ourselves? Yeah, sure. Well, one of the things I wanted to share that has helped me in the past also, and this is mainly in the area of trying to rebuild your self-esteem or getting reconnected to who you are, because these toxic toxic, uh, relationships 
can, of course, like both of you mentioned, have such a huge impact on our self-esteem. And, of course, that's going to impact what, how we feel, how we behave, the decisions that we make, and it just has this ripple effect. So um, a couple of things is to really try to get back and get connected to who it is. Like what is it that's important to you? You know, what are some of those things that you enjoy? And, you know, ask yourself, like, who am I? You know, who am I? And and try not to define yourself by the relationship or by your job or by anything. Like just try to get in touch with what is it that you value that's important to you? And how do other people um, see you? Maybe even reach out to some close friends of yours and say, hey, you know, I'm just – I'm just kind of thinking about this and doing some reflection. And what is it that you like about me, that you admire about me? I know that sometimes that can be tough. but um, And like you said, Jen, a lot of times when we are in these toxic relationships, we often tend to isolate ourselves, and it's not easy. But making the effort to try to either rebuild those relationships or creating new friendships can really help um, so much because, I mean, that's really what we are both for, like for connection and for, um, for helping each other out. So it's really um, – it's really important for us to be able to reach out to, you know, to people and just to be able, and I I know it takes time to build, especially if it's a new relationship, a new friendship, it it does take um, time, but just to make the effort, because sometimes even just getting out of our environment um, helps us so much, like going out for coffee with someone or, you know, getting out more and doing things, getting connected with who you are again, and then doing things that, that you love, that are going to inspire you, that are going to make you feel happy, and um, really getting, you know, connected in, in that way. And then, like you both mentioned, um, of course, speaking to a, a counselor or a therapist or a coach or somebody that's close to you that you can trust about this to help you um, move through it is, uh, is also, you know, very, very um, valuable. And you may be in a place where you're not even sure if this is something, especially if it's a romantic relationship, if it's something that you need to try to work through. Or maybe it's time for you to, you know, to step out and, and leave. And oftentimes it's not easy for us to make that decision on our own. It helps to get other people's input because we're so much in our story um, about, you know, like we may think that we may rationalize, like you mentioned before, that every relationship, you know, has its issues. No relationship is perfect. No person is perfect. All of those kind of things. So it's going to be important for you to kind of step out of that and say, you know what, I just want to do a double check. I need to to talk to somebody about this and figure that out. So I think all of those things can um, hopefully will you know will really help to see where you are right now and then help you figure out where do you need to go what what's the decision that you need to make. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to add to that that um, a couple of the things that that sometimes can happen too is a person can find themselves, you know, and especially if they're a kind of a buoyant person, they can find themselves in depression and not even really recognize it. And that obviously is a is a big sign, but sometimes we also make excuses for for own, for the other person and try to rationalize again. Getting back to what Susan said is constantly rationalizing, but you know finding uh, reasons for our depression so that we're not blaming the other person, the one who actually has the toxic effect on us. So uh, another way to 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 get out of or to bring back our sense of who we are, this lost sense when we may not even know who we are anymore and not have and not be doing the things that we enjoyed doing prior to to this connection or this toxic relationship is is doing something that uh, is a tool that we have um, called a values assessment basically figuring out making a list of values 
um, determining on a scale of one to ten, basically, or how important is this value to me? And then in, in a in a column next to it is, well, how much am I living this value on a, on a, a scale of one to ten? And if we are not living values that are important to us, this can really drain our energy and actually cause us to become depressed. So by doing this, sometimes we can then focus our energy. When we are in that sort of state, we can focus our energy on beginning to um, put a higher priority on living those values, living our life in a way that emphasizes those values that we deem important to us. And so that is also another way to find our way back to who we are. Um, I am just blown away by the fact that we are just about at the top of the hour. So um, I can't believe the time's gone <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> this has been such a great show. I could see that we, we could have more shows on this topic. It is a huge one. Um, so we're because we're just about out of ta- time, I really want to once again thank my so very talented co-hosts, uh, Susan Gonzalez and Sharissa Sebastian, for their incredible uh, and insightful participation in today's show. Um, I'd also just like to remind our listeners that toxic relationships and people can be found in our own families, amongst our friends, colleagues, and in our romantic and intimate relationships. If we know how to recognize these, how to set boundaries, and how to choose whether or not we want to continue with these people or walk away, we can create the space to have the healthy, loving relationships that will serve us and those with whom we choose to align ourselves. I'm Jan Jaffe of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. I would like to offer our listeners a free 30-minute consultation and discovery session. And for more information, please feel free to email me at info at forwardtosuccess.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at forwardtosuccess.com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, and that is www.lifecoachradionetworks.com. I also have my own solo interview show called Your Best Life on the second Wednesday of every month at 12 noon Eastern on this, the Life Coach Radio Network. In addition, I have a show on December 3rd, that's Thursday of next week at 1 p.m. Eastern, where I am interviewing our own Susan Gonzalez for her book launch. I would be delighted if you would tune in at 1 p.m. Eastern this coming Thursday. That's not tomorrow, but that's next week at 12 noon. I'm sorry, it's 1 p.m. Um, uh, and that's Eastern. And um, also at 12 noon Wednesday, December 9th is the next uh is the following episode of Your Best Life. So now I'd like to ask my co-host to share any closing thoughts and contact information. Sharissa. Thanks, Jen. Well, a quick, um, maybe a, a quick summary, I guess. Um, what I'd like to do really quickly is just go over the five signs that you're in a toxic relationship. We've covered a lot of this, but just kind of to summarize, and so you can do a quick check for yourself. One is it seems like you can't do anything right. Two, everything is about them and never about you. Three, you find yourself unable to enjoy good moments with this person. Four, you're uncomfortable being yourself around that person. And five, you're not allowed to grow and change, and you feel kind of trapped. 
So just keep that in mind. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, if you have any questions or anything like that, all three of us, I'm sure, will be very happy to um, answer them. And you can contact me um, on my website at TeresaSebastian.com. And the other thing I just wanted to say in closing is letting go of toxic baggage can really transform your health. Your physical and emotional, emotional well-being are too important for you to put up with a toxic relationship. So please take care of yourself and enjoy the holiday season. Hopefully you have a wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow and, um, you know, wonderful holidays as well. Thank you so much, Jen. Oh, thank you, Sharissa. And those are great points. I was quickly taking notes. <laughs> thank you. And um, Susan, how about you? Yes, I hope that um, all of uh, everyone listening, that you can take some of the tips, especially the ones that Sharissa just shared, and start using them right away, um, considering that tomorrow's Thanksgiving. So if you know you're going to encounter someone who um, has a toxic impact on you, um, hopefully you'll be able to, to get a little relief using some of those tips and tools right away. You can reach me at susan at makeityourmark.com. And I'd just like to invite everyone. I'm having a virtual book launch on Facebook tomorrow. And from 9 a.m. Central Standard Time on, during this um, time of giving, I am gifting everyone a free Kindle copy of my book, Make It Your Mark. And I hope that you'll be able to take the opportunity to accept that gift from me and um, use it to help you in your toxic relationships as well. (laughs) Susan, first of all, I want to thank you so much, and I want to uh, emphasize and reiterate to everyone, please do take that great opportunity to to get a free edition of, uh, Kindle edition of her book, Make It Your Mark. So definitely um, do that tomorrow. And you said it's on Amazon, is that, It's on Amazon. Amazon. Yes, and you don't make have to it, have a make it your mark by Susan. Oh, you don't have to. I did. <laughs> Thank you. That's very generous of you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and you were it's, saying it's my pleasure. you don't have to. You were saying you don't, you don't have, have to have a Kindle. You don't have to have a Kindle. Um, you'll be able to use it on your phone or a PC or a tablet. They just call it a Kindle. But there's um, all kinds of apps and things that you can use so that uh, you just download it. And um, have fun. Yes, it's a free Kindle app that you can download. I have it on my iPad, my my laptop, and my phone. So you don't have to have a Kindle. But you can have the Kindle app, and it works the same way. So it, that's fantastic. I'm so excited. So um, and thank you, Susan, and thank you, ladies. Um, I want to remind our listeners that for all of the hosts, all three of us, Contact and bio information is listed in the show description. Um, That's the link that you went to just to listen to the show. So I'm just going to take a a quick moment now to announce a few of our upcoming shows. On this, the Life Coach Radio Network, um, December 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern. All of the times I'm I'm, uh, listing, by the way, are Eastern Standard Time. So on December 3rd, Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Your Best Life with Jan Jaffe, interview with our own author and professional coach, um, Think Tank's Susan Gonzalez. 
And on December 6th at 9 p.m., mark my words with certified life and business coach Mark Shaw. And on our sister network, the Life Coach Chat Channel, December 1st at 7 p.m., transform your life with Coach Tamara, New Beginnings with Karen Delk. And on December 14th at 7 p.m., Life Talks with Natasha Gaiden. So I want to again thank my two wonderful co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez, for joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. And from all of us to all of you, a very happy and joyous Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Attention HR professionals, it's time for employee performance evaluations and www.chairlift.io wants to help. Join us for a free webinar on December 6th at 1 p.m. Central. You'll find out best practices designed to improve your entire performance review process. Invite your network and sign up on our homepage at www.chairlift.io. That's www.chairlift.io. See you on December 6th at 1 p.m. Central. Are the kids doing their homework? Is the dog on the couch again? Is grandpa okay? Now through Monday, you can get $50 off Nest Cam Indoor, so you can check in whenever you're out. It plugs right into power for simple setup, streams 24-7 to your phone, and sends alerts if there's motion or conspicuous sounds. Now, less is more connected. Get it at Best Buy now and save $50 on Nest Cam Indoor while you still can. Limit 2. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.